last time on Out of the Forest. Text me the address. I'll uh, I'll take a look on my own first, and then we can take it from there. They, they've been, they've somehow hid something from us, and there's like an underline under us. I think he takes a picture of that page on his phone. I am going to take a sticky note off the desk, uh, draw a little smiley face on it, and then stick it on the bottom of the desk, and then leave. And you look down at yourself in your your ethereal, your astral, and you feel a pull from the woods. And then it flashes forward, and it's that same memory you had of being remade. I think Baron will probably just pick up a sword and start wandering back to his house, but also probably pull out his phone. I guess he kind of checks, looking at his phone for any missed calls or something like that. Isaac, you wake up in a hospital bed. Why am I here? How did I get here? Enif Fafnir, I wouldn't have thought you'd have stayed after our warning. How do you know my name? Of course I know your name. I've been sent by your former family. You see something that takes you a second, because it's been a while since you've seen one. A remote detonation rune within this child. Hmm! <laughs> oh no! Enif! Oh my god! What's going on? What's my shop? My shop's gone. Every, it's the whole thing. Everything's gone. Hello and welcome to out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of inside jokes that the listeners will never get. We are currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris, and I am your GM slash keeper, and I'm joined by my players. I'm Evan, and I play Baron. I'm Dominic, and I play Kernunus. I'm Jessica, and I play Enif. And I'm Alistair, and I play Isaac. All right, so Baron and Enif, you both, Enif probably less comprehensibly, through their mourning, I suppose. Make your excuses, and Baron, you agree that you will reach out, or you will make yourself available again to meet with Cone under less dire circumstances. And after a, a brief talk and Enif having a moment to regain at least some of their composure, you decide that the closest place that you might consider safe would be Balanus's apartment. And you make your way there keeping your eyes peeled in case of followers or follow-up on the crime that was committed. Luckily, without any fanfare, you make it to Bellinus' apartment, and you knock at the door, Enif barely keeping it together. Bellinus opens the door and looks confused, but quickly waves you in and calls out, Canunus, we've got company. Hmm? Uh, and he uh, goes to answer the door. I mean, oh, wait. Jerry left him out. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, sorry. I totally... <laughs> you just, like, walk into us as, as, as we're kind of come in, like, get out of here, man. Fucking great Balanus just waves them in, close the door behind them, they walk into the kitchen, and Ken just walks over, opens the door, and just goes, what are you talking this about? This here. In that case, rewind rewind a little bit. We'll just, you know, pull the tape back. Uh, Kununus comes out of uh, the guest room. 
where he has been tending a bonsai tree. Uh, okay. <laughs> and he says, uh, oh, um, welcome, I suppose. What, uh, what brings you to the apartment? Chaos. Pure chaos. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, uh, Enif, what's, what, what happened? Um, there, my shop is gone. It's it's totally gone. And Enif is still like clutching their like <laughs> box of money. <laughs> That's the only thing they really grabbed. And like Balanos's <laughs> immediate reaction is to go start making tea. I love her so much. Um, does Bal- Balanos is like regular furniture, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is a, is a a regularly decorated home. Well, I didn't know. Like I wasn't sure if it was like it's, you it's know all trees, <laughs> it's all different trees. There's almost certainly an abundance of, like, potted plants and small trees, like, 100%. Like, the, the windowsill is lined okay. with planters, and there's, like, a few plants throughout the home. But, like, the furniture itself is normal. Okay. Um, I think Enif is going to kind of, like, like not really be able to keep it together and end up, like, going to go sit down on the couch or something. Like, can't stay standing. <laughs> That's yeah, fair. Um, Kroonun is kind of, like, as... as um as they sit down, like, bustles over and, like, hands hands them a blanket. Like a Aww. little throw blanket. Yeah. This this kid, he came into my shop and I could, I opened my third eye and I could see there was, like, there was nothing there. He didn't have a soul. And there was a ruin inside of him. And then the next thing I knew, it just... It was an explosion, a huge explosion. There's nothing left. It's all gone. The the shop is destroyed? It's, yeah, there's nothing left. I mean, I had to dig myself out of rubble just to, like, to grab a couple of things. And it's, everything's gone. Everything. I think Kernunis, like, looks at Baron for, like, some kind of nod, like, is this for real? Yeah, no, Edith is totally acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like... Just playing it up. I don't know, I didn't walk down the street, you know. You could be lying. I could be lying. I do have that not track like, record. Not that Kernunus doesn't trust Enif, just like, shit, really? Yeah, I think, think Barry kind of like, doesn't really say anything, but kind of just goes wide-eyed and just like starts like nodding his head. Just like that, like a really quick like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a straight mouth kind of thing. Uh, f- well, fuck. Um, Enif, I'm sorry. Uh, here, uh, hang hang tight. And he uh, dips into the kitchen and grabs, like, whatever servables are there. <laughs> and just, like... There's some fig newtons. <laughs> he oh, comes God. out with a sheet of fig, of fig newtons and a single Oreo cookie that somehow made its way into the sheet. Oh. <laughs> Gross. Oh my God. When they were just like condensing the snack drawer, you know. Um, I think uh, Enif's gonna take one of those fig noons and just kind of nibble on it, but not really eat it, you know. Um, I'm the cult. They they've taken everything from me. All I did, I just didn't want to be part of the dark magic. And so I left, and I guess I can never really escape them. 
Valimus speaks of she, uh, and she goes, well, that's quite troubling. Uh, hopefully they don't know where we live, right, Master Caninos? We're relatively unknown here. Almost certainly. Um, the orb in the basement, did you... Uh, Enif, like, silently reaches into their bag and, like, pulls out the box. I was I was able to grab it. And, like, puts it down on the on the coffee table. I'm I'm imagining like do y'all remember the scene from Lord of the Rings when the the ring falls and it hits the floor and it doesn't bounce? <laughs> I'm imagining like that kind of dramatic like thunk as the orb touches the table. Mhm. Just like don't. Which is weird cuz it looks like it's in like a small like cardboard box like you keep a, a, a scented candle but it's in. it's a thick it's it's, it's a dense it's, it's, it's a thick, thick. <laughs> just like i, I imagine like it, it has a certain kind of like dramatic weight built into the orbit yeah. yeah like it's not actually like clonking on the table but just like it is so such a dramatic item that when it is set down it makes that sound you know it zooms in all ambient sounds gone and just like the thump Don't. is just bass boosted yep <laughs> I think when when the box comes out, Baron takes like a, a solid, just like one step back. I think Kernunus looks visibly uncomfortable by the fact that even though he he was glad that it is here, he is visibly uncomfortable by the box. Oh, good. He's glad you... it's safe. He's not happy it's here. Correct. Oh, good. You got it. The orb. You know, oh, great. The orb here. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, the orb All right. Here. Oh, cool. No. The orb. Okay. It's, it's fine. The box that I got from that um, mystical fire. It. It should dampen the effects. It shouldn't affect anybody. Balanos isn't like her shape shifting. Isn't like freaking out or anything. <laughs> She's it? like glitching in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> her sprites like flipping upside down. <laughs> you just she opens her uh, mouth and dial up noises come out. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> ba- Balanos is fine. Uh, none of you actually even feel the aura of the orb through this, uh, the, the protective container that was forged uh, by the genie. Chill. Um, Balanos goes, all right, well, uh, here's some tea for everyone. Let's uh, settle on down. Perhaps we should... Uh, that's a bold step by the cult. Perhaps we should... Uh, not really. What should we do? Has, has anyone checked on Isaac? We should we should call him yeah. just in case. I mean, I don't know how much the cult knows. If they they might know where he lives or or where you live, Baron, I don't I was able I to know. to talk to Yildon for a little bit, but I asked her more about the pit than anything else. Yeah, I I, I have no idea David know about me, but I mean that's. I mean, I, I would think that they might have some inkling of information of who you've been interacting with. So, um, l- let me let me give Isaac a call and let's make sure that he's, he's okay if he's seen anything. Isaac, your phone rings. I think you're just being let out of the hospital. I think they kept you overnight just in case. Okay. Um, you're just you, you you've been like out of bed for a while but you're just like getting fully checked out of the hospital checked out checked out is probably not quite the right word but it'll work release i, I think release is the right word release the, the nurse is just uh, checking you out no oh, oh no 
Oh, I'm sure Isaac is a handsome young man. <laughs> this doesn't violate. He is a handsome young man. He's also very uncomfortable with nurses <laughs> checking him out. Isaac's an adult. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's a fireable offense. Uh, Isaac, you get a phone call <laughs> from out Baron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Ring, ring. Baron? <laughs> Hello? Uh, Isaac. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I cannot. I cannot believe that I just answered the phone, Baron. All right, fine. Let me back up. Hello. Let's let's re let's rewind that tape. Sorry, no, yeah. that's totally normal. It's just in my brain. It was just like you don't answer the phone by just yelling the other person's name. <laughs> I'm gonna do that the next time you call me. I know you will, Dominic. It, it, in a world where people are regularly getting murdered by monsters, it might just be. <laughs> it's canon. Ah, yes, so you survived the day. I've got the giggles. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm, I'm reeling it in. I'm, I'm reeling in my imaginary fishing pole in this conversation. Yep, we're coming back. Uh, f- phone rings. Isaac, your go for picking up your phone. Uh, hey, Baron? Isaac? Uh, Baron? Are you, you okay? that's happened honestly uh, we wanted to make sure that you were okay um Enif had a run-in with the cult and um well the shop is basically blown up the shop is blown up yeah it was some sort of kid magic kid that blew i i don't know the specifics the magic stuff is iffy with me but um but the oh my God. Sh- shop is completely in shambles Physically, yeah, they've got some cuts and bruises, but um, oh, no. uh, should be okay from now on. But it's taken a toll on them. Uh, are you guys together? Where are you? Yeah, we're we're at uh, we're at Balanus's apartment. Um, is there any chance you can come here? I think we need to kind of make sure we're all in the same place right now. Balanos, as you say this, goes, um, ask him to, to grab some supplies. Perhaps we should all hunker down for the time being. Um, oh, I, Isaac, why don't you uh, just plan to maybe stay the night? Um, bring, bring some of your stuff. I think we'll probably be here for a little bit. Sure. Um, does Enith have anything? If they're... Uh, they've got a box... <laughs> and a smaller box. A, a yeah. box. Two two boxes. <laughs> one containing a very significant plot item, the other one containing money. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Which is also a very Which is also plot plot if you think about yeah. it. They're two true <laughs> passions. Okay, in that case maybe give me an hour or something and I'll I'll meet you guys there. Okay, sounds like a plan. See you soon. And as you hang up, uh Balanus looks at you there and just goes, and perhaps you should uh Head on over to your cabin and pick up what you can. Um, I don't know that this is a permanent solution, but... Well, 
we're less likely to get snuck up on or picked off one by one if we're all in the same place for a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to see if I can head back. Balanus, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I do have a dog. Is it okay if I, I bring her over? I, I literally gave you that dog in this apartment. Yes, of course. <laughs> then, oh, fine. that's right. That was... <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> it was, like, it was this, like a week this ago. This was technically two we- two weeks ago uh, from our point of view. <laughs> Do you want to rewind that conversation? Oh. Yeah. Let me rewind that. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening this episode? I forgot, man. Goddamn VCR happening going on. Thank god this is this is all going to be edited out. <laughs> oh, oh you wish. Oh no. Damn it, he um, stopped being a coward. <laughs> I'm a coward if I leave it in. I'm a coward if I take it out. What can I do to save myself? Uh, Baron, you you wander uh, stuff up after making sure everyone's good and head out of the apartment to go grab your things and your, your dog. Um, Isaac, you likewise head out of the hospital, head back to, uh, I guess, the motel. You actually get to gather up all your things that you had at the motel because... Your tenure there is up. The apartment uh, that you and your friends rent off campus is has been repaired and has been deemed safe to live in once again. And so the, the voucher keeping you at the motel has kind of expired. So, well, or well, is expiring like the end of the week. Oh, excuse me. So this is a bit. Well, I wouldn't say serendipitous because Veritate literally was blown up by a kid bomb, but it's. Uh, silver lining. Now you don't have to figure out what you're doing about your living space for the What's time being. Um, at conveniently the same time, just for the sake of making things easier for me, uh, Baron and Isaac, you arrive back at Balanus' apartment, and as you knock, uh, she opens the door and waves you in. Um, Enif presumably has gotten quite comfy on the couch and is just sort of counting their money maybe i don't know i don't know how they're dealing with grief uh, definitely not counting the money i think i think they like refuse to let go of the box though <laughs> that's fair uh laying there and watching uh, wheel of fortune because this house is only for the game show network um Kernunos, you are just finishing up uh your interrupted tending to your bonsai tree and balanos is starting to prepare dinner uh, when the other two are led into the apartment. Isaac immediately goes over and gives Enif a hug. Aww. I'm so sorry to hear about your shop. I'm glad you're okay, but I know that meant a lot to you, and I'm I'm really sorry. Thank you. Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, I went to the park um, to try to figure out what was going on and why I was having a problem with the river. Um, and it just got a bit overwhelming, and I had to go to the hospital. But um, the hospital, I'm, yeah, I'm no, okay, the okay, hospital. I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, here, and he reaches. <laughs> you hear and, <laughs> yell from the other room, the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, and he reaches into his bag, uh, and between the time that uh, Baron called him and they uh, met up to go to Balanos's, um, he went to like the convenience store. Um, and he starts, like, pulling things out of his bag and just kind of laying them on Enif's lap. Um, one of them is a blanket. One of them is, like, one of those little, uh, U-shaped neck pillows that you get, like, at airports. Um, I love he brought, it. He brought them a toothbrush, toothpaste, like, a little, 
um, eye mask for like for sleeping uh, and a, like a set of really soft pajamas and slippers and socks. Um, and he's like, I don't know if you were able to save anything, um, but I mean, at least maybe hopefully this will help you stay comfy here. Thank you, Isaac. And Enif's gonna like start crying a little bit again, but out of a little bit of happiness. <laughs> Damn, Isaac goes full out for getting I, all the supplies. I don't know how much you're able to save, but this did cost me thirty five ninety nine. <laughs> and I do see that you have a box of money there, so if you wanna. Baron, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the dog is is wriggling in your arms, unless of course you have uh, her in a crate. Uh, no, I, I'm fairly certain. Just like one arm and one arm in her, and she's doing the wriggly worm thing. <laughs> yeah, she's just wriggling around. I'm just gonna, excited by all the people. I'm gonna let her down. And... I mean, yeah, she, she she runs right over to, to Enif, just licking them on the the, the shoulder. Yeah. Enif's gonna pet the dog. So if I know it's it's still new and fresh, but if you don't mind, what happened? Um, I was fixing fixing my bracer and this kid came in and i it was a little kid i couldn't i didn't recognize him i mean he wasn't really touching anything i just kind of watched him and i went up to him and and then he just turned to me and and said my name but i'd never seen this kid before and so i felt like something was weird so I opened my third eye and the kid was totally soulless and and there was these ruins on the inside of him that it was a the kid was a bomb the cult sent me a bomb disguised as, as a child and I had like a split second and I was able to grab a couple things. I rushed down to the basement to get the orb. And as it was going down the stairs, bomb went off and I woke up under some rubble and I was able to grab a couple things. And then I just ran. I knew I should have wiped the cult out when I heard about them. I don't, understand what's happening when i was a part of them there was they didn't do things like this it's i don't i don't understand why they would do this you know what we found about that pit and its effect on the forest and the creatures in the forest and when we saw old man Jack, I mean, he he was a spirit and he was still, you know, doing his, his mission, but there was something off about him. The forest was corrupting him in some way. Maybe whatever is exerting that energy, that force, is doing the same thing to the cult leaders. Maybe they're being corrupted along with the forest in order to do more and more terrible things like this. I think you might be right. Before all of this happened, I was able to talk to Yildon, my friend who, she wants, the one that wants to leave. 
and um, I was able to talk to her for a few seconds. I just wanted to know if the cult leaders had found out anything about the pit. And from what she had found out, it the elders believe that the forest is the the magic from the forest it comes from this pit and they seem to have discovered what fuels it but Yildon doesn't know what that was and that's why they started shifting to darker magic apparently all of this is related to that grand festival they were talking about Krunos wherever he is <laughs> Hmm. He's in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I walked. He walked in the room. <laughs> He's just just tending what? a bonsai tree with an ear, like kind of cocked out to hear. But what grand festival are you? Are they talking about? There's, there's a grand festival coming up, and I don't know. Did it, Chris? Did they ever tell us what it was? It's something to celebrate a triumph of the elders, um, presumably related to, uh, you know, their dark endeavors. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a festival I'm, I'm familiar with. It's something to celebrate the triumph of the elders. And that was what we were going to use as our chance to help the last people who wanted to escape, escape. I'm, I'm wondering if it might be even more dangerous now than we ever thought it would be. Do you know when it is? Chris? Uh, you haven't opened that letter yet. <laughs> right. Um, I think Enif, using this moment, um, Enif's going to kind of think about it as like, oh, I don't know what it, when it is. And then they're going to remember like, oh, right, Yildon's letter. And um, Enif's going put, to finally put down that, that box they've been clutching um, and reach into their, their pack and pull out the letter. And y- Yildon gave this to me before, before, I, before I had to leave. And, and Enoch's going to open it. What's inside? Uh, yeah, you open it up, and it has a, a list of names uh, that have agreed. They've officially actually gotten the names of everyone who's planning on attending. Um, it's you, you count it out, and it's about, like, we'll say 17 people, which is honestly probably more than you expected. And then it has the exact amounts of uh, the acid and the the monster blood, um, which they they gave you approximations of, so you're already kind of prepared for that, but it's just sort of to give it a specific and like a reminder that they need a good chunk of alcohol to make sure that the festival gets out of hand enough so everyone will be distracted, as well as a date that is uh, about a month out from like today. It's it's not exactly a month, but it's essentially... The, the, the first full moon of the next month. I, I, Yeldon gave us all the specifics. And I think Enif's going to hand the, like, ritual specifics or whatever to, uh, to Kernunos. Oh, and it probably also, it also has, like, a, a, a sketched out map of the, the main commune that is now 
populated by everyone with like an X on one of the huts for, for where it's going to be performed. And it just sort of says like for whoever is coming to aid us with the ritual, since I don't think you two ever decide, agreed on that. While no, we were arguing them. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nunes looks it over and I think it kind of like nods and says, uh, well, we have the ingredients that we need. Um, I've got uh, some beer and wine that I picked up at the store and a few things of hard liquor. And then um, I ordered a bunch of the acid off of Dragazon. So we should be good to go. <laughs> you monster. Get it now. That was good. Fucking Jeff <laughs> <laughs> did we ever hold on did we publish that episode it's not up yet no. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, it's still good it'll be a good now, now I've got to publish it before this episode comes out you monster uh-huh, timelines <clears throat> sorry oh no I could that's, I could that's not one say way that to, if you uh, want it's <laughs> one way to solve it just I bought a ton of alcohol and also ordered acid online. I mean, that's where I fe- when you do told they me sell the- acid online. When you told like, me the type you- of acid you need, the first thing I found was Amazon because it's a med- it's used for medical tr- like home remedies. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah we forgot about that. Yeah. So Kernanus just said that he bought and or ordered um, the ingredients, <laughs> including a large amount of liquor, and Valinus, uh looks up and just goes, yeah, it's taking up most of our fridge, honestly. We don't need to keep it in the fridge. It doesn't need to be cold right now. You want your drinks cold when you drink them, so I'm keeping them there for so they're ready. <laughs> okay, okay, oh, hold on. I love the, I love the idea of Balanos being like, drinks in, have to be cold. <laughs> he walks in the kitchen and then walks out with a beer. <laughs> just from the fridge. <laughs> Fine. Uh, no, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that Enif and Kernunos have ever like explained all of this to Baron and I. I really, yeah, I don't really know. I think you get. It's been mentioned in passing. Yeah. I don't think the details have really been touched did, on a lot because you were really yeah. putting out fires. Yeah. Did Baron did did Kernunus, or Evan? Did Kernunus and Baron ever settle the blood thing? I would. I would think, I think so. Okay. I think yeah, you, as long yeah. as you're both good with, it, I think between between like the end of the arc and the start of the respite, you guys took care of that. Yeah, I kind of figured. Which, by the way, like when I was going back through, um, like re-listening to the podcast, um, it's not a vial of blood that that Yildon said she needs. Like, it's a cup. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> oh, we got so, it's a big blood. vial. Yeah, so just, just, you know, just for consistency. It's, it's a vial that holds up to a cup worth of fluid. It's fine. It's a very big vial. So much blood. I gave I gave Baron a cookie between. <laughs> I have... I've, my friend Yildon, she's... She's still in the cult. And, um... She... She didn't leave when I left. But she was able to get in contact with me. A while back and she told me that it's gotten a lot worse since after I left and that her and a couple other people and you know if like shows shows them the list they also want to leave there's going to be some kind of uh, ritual coming up and we're going to use that as an opportunity to help them escape but we needed some things for the plan to work 
I promised her I'd help. And, and I'm not going to break that promise to her. That's very noble, but if the cult already tried to blow up your shop, what do you think they'll do if they find out you've helped people escape? They can't take anything else from me. They can take your life. <laughs> they already own my life. I don't... I don't remember anything from before I was a part of them. They already own it, and if I have to give it up to help someone else, then so be it. Do you mean that in a literal way? Like, you don't remember anything from before the cult in the same way that Baron doesn't remember anything from before he came out of the forest? Mm-hmm. Um, Amnesia buddies. Enough <laughs> gives him like a little like soft high five. <laughs> I'm imagining Baron just like sliding on his back like all along the floor and then popping up from like underneath the couch for the high five and then just sliding back down after getting it. Oh, no. So yeah. So you also don't remember anything from before. Baron doesn't remember anything from before. The cult is involved with whatever your life was and the pit is involved with whatever Baron's life was before that. Baron's kind of sitting there like scratching his head like yeah about that. Do you know something more Baron? I have learned a lot more over the past few days or so. Um, I mean I don't I don't know exactly I still don't have a concrete info on, on the pit, but I kind of know what happened to me or who I was before, what I was before. I don't even know. Um, I know that the monsters are definitely coming out of the pit, and, and I was somehow spawned from it as well. Um, and I think previously I, I was... I did live in the town. I, I, I was here in Munsdale. And I had a... I had a family, I guess. I, I was attacked by one of the monsters, and that basically kind of... turned me into some sort of spirit, and last I knew, I was, I was near the pit. So it, it's kind of all related in a way, I guess. Everything ties back to that pit. Wait, so... you were just... A normal resident and then the pit turned you into a monster essentially I used to apparently my name is Byron from what I've been told and one of the monsters attacked me and in essence killed me and then when I woke up I was coming out of the pit basically just as what I know now is Baron. Do, do you think that if you're killed by a monster, you become one? It could be, but I don't know even. I mean, it could be that it's just random people, but I mean, at least that's what happened to me, so maybe that's why we're getting more monsters, is they're getting more and more out of control and killing more people. 
does that mean that the monsters that we've been fighting have just been Munsdale residents? Well, I mean, they're not exactly them directly, but somehow, I don't know, there's something about the pit that just kind of uses uses the souls almost in a way to kind of create something new. Do you think there's any rhyme and reason to what kind of monster a person might become? I mean, so far we've encountered this terrifying nightmare vampire thing at the stadium, and before that it was a ghost. Well, I guess before that it was more whatever was in the college's you know, computer virus thing. But before that, it was a ghost. Before that, it was the skeleton thing at the college, right? In the back rooms. And, I mean, that's when I started, but you guys have been at this longer than I have. Yeah, the first monster we encountered was a Dullahan. Then there was the, uh, the Dryad. And then, yeah, the creature in the back rooms. Do you think that there's any kind of connection between all of those different cases? Maybe we should lay out what we know and see if if there's anything tying them together. I do remember all of them all of them the Doolahan and the Dryad were always pushing us towards the woods. They they were pushing us like they wanted us to end up there. The back room's monster didn't do that, but... Um, did the wolf do that? From the camp? The wolf seemed to just kind of want to attack, really. I mean, we were already pretty deep into the... close to the forest, at least. Why don't we... Just double back, because if there's some kind of connection between each of these monsters that maybe we missed, like maybe, I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe the backrooms monster was Hank, you know what I mean? If someone dies in this town from one of the creatures and they become one, then I don't know, maybe we can find some kind of connection here. Okay, well why don't you start at the beginning then and tell me what the first one was that you guys encountered. Well, in... Let's see. What was it? Uh, this would have been 3000 BC. I had to fight Not a Not that psych- far back. Oh, Carninos, I think I mean more with <laughs> this group here. Enif and Baron and Carninos. That group. What was the first creature that you three encountered? The first, only the first one, was the Doolahan. Um, and what we kind of ended up, kind of finding each other by chance. There was um, this oh, this crime scene, and uh, we just kind of all ended up there from different sources, and. 
Agent Franks was the one that actually kind of formed us into a team. He saw us all there being, now that I look back on it, probably very suspicious and <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. And he brought us together and we ended up investigating it because the crime scene was just so weird. I had only been in Munsdale for maybe a month at that point. Uh, I got us kicked out of the library. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think... I still don't think they'll let us come back. No, no. <laughs> certainly not. I tried to go there for meditation books and they already had posters up for us, so... <laughs> it's a no-go. I guess well, we're banned for life, then. Well, we, we, we managed to kill the Dullahan with the the crosses that we got but a couple of folks died um who were those people mm. uh there i mean there was the very first one which was uh mrs O'Hulahan. i think that's where we kind of all almost convened or got involved basically and how did the monster kill her well, uh, yes. A Doolahan can... Um, oh god, correct me if I'm wrong, but a Doolahan can... can... Ki- can kill you if it if it has your name. A Doolahan was going around and... and murdering people. Mm-hmm. And we took it upon ourselves to stop it. And we were... we managed to stop it course not without it getting to a couple people first so it killed um miss O'Hulahan. uh and i don't think i don't feel like any of the monsters we fought greatly were uh inspired by miss O'Hulahan. if you catch my meaning are you are you are you dissing miss O'Hulahan? Uh, no <laughs> i i don't think I know she ate. Is that well, of character? I'm not. Was... I'm not talking to Cardenas. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all, look, all, you don't think she turned about, into the wolf? <laughs> all we knew about Miss O'Hulahan was that her husband ate a lot of oats, <laughs> and and they loved each other. And that's about it. I, I, unfortunately, we don't know enough about this woman to determine whether or not she turned into one of the monsters. <laughs> and the O'Hulahan's neighbor was killed as well. I had to talk the husband down after I may or may not have broken into the house. Um, anyway. <laughs> after after we defeated the Doolahan, that's when we encountered the Dryad. We had, there was a weird case at the lumber mill um, somebody was basically possessed and put someone else on, um, on this saw thing. It was all, we basically knew right away that that was strange. And so we ended up investigating that too. And that ended up being this dryad creature that could control people with song. And what was it controlling them to do? You mentioned that 
the first two monsters you fought just seemed to try to lure people into the forest. Was that what it was trying it, to do, or something different? It did. Um, the dryad was controlled... We found out that the dryad was controlled by something called a mother tree, which was inside the forest. And dryads, their goal is to dominate whatever area they're in. And so they try and get rid of anyone who can't be put under their spell. Um which seem to be only the people who are attracted to it would would fall under the spell. We all ended up plugging our ears with earplugs and then trying not to listen. And that that failed multiple times. It was a real nightmare. I I did not hear the song at all. Everybody kept claiming that the dryad looked like a beautiful woman and all I saw was this this very tall, weird looking tree. You hear like Balanos scoff in the corner. <laughs> um and you said that it was controlled by a mother tree where was was the tree in the dark part of the forest by any chance Mm, it was in this it was in the forest it was like in this clearing and in order to defeat the triad we had to to kill the mother tree it was the only way we could defeat the triad this is, of I... course, after half of the police department ended up under her spell. And I believe I was shot once, and Enif, you were shot three times? Yes, that that creature was definitely, was definitely a big one. She had gotten a bunch of people under her spell before we were able to destroy her. And that's when we ended up with one of the victims in my basement, which Kernunos tried to help and then didn't. I, all right, look, look, all right, let me, let me clear this up because it, <laughs> this, this man was literally trying to kill me and you. <laughs> and, and I knocked him unconscious and then in the process of healing you and bringing you back from the the precipice of death, his life force entered yours. You killed a person in Enoch's basement? Kurnunus, <laughs> like, shrugs. <laughs> Technically, yes. Um, we did have the, the agency... Technically, no. He just honest. died in the basement. <laughs> but it was an accident. It was close you said that you were trying to heal Enith and you I guess you drew on his life force it wasn't on purpose right no but this man again I I would like to stress was literally trying to murder Enith it it was an accident it's just I'm a healer I want to help people and so it was just a very shocking experience that I will never forget in my entire life wasn't he someone's dad? One of Isaac, one of your friends from, from college? 
yes, allow me to go find that part of my note because I think this is the first time that Isaac is putting that piece together because he asked. Oh, it definitely is because we. I'm pretty sure we definitely <laughs> yep. lied about it before. Yeah, we knew about it before. You guys avoided the topic like a pro when it was literally brought up to you directly. Yep. So we are spilling the beans. You for are the spilling first the beans, time. and Isaac's gonna get mad. Um, but I need to know her name first. Yeah, I wish I had. She hasn't come. She up hasn't come up in a little while. Time. I feel like it was a kind of an older name. Um, uh, Bethany, not Clarabelle. I don't think it was Bethany. I don't, definitely don't think it was Clarabelle. <laughs> uh, Isaac in the cafeteria. It's Delilah Rogers. Delilah. She is Hank's daughter. Yeah, Hank is dead. <laughs> Hank's fucking dead. The man formerly known as Hank. <laughs> okay. All right. So back up. So. A f- father, his his last name wasn't Rogers, was it? Um, yes, w- yes, yes, I think H- it was. Hank Rogers. That's the man that I saw in the prison cell. Nunos, I asked you if you'd killed that man. That's Delilah's dad. She asked me. If I knew what happened to her dad, and I asked you, I asked you all what happened and if you knew, and you said you did not know anything. And I told her that I didn't know what happened to her dad, and he's dead. And you're telling me that you killed him. Uh, Isaac, look, he... He was... uh, He had... Look, Isaac, he had tied a man to a log and tried to feed him through a wood chipper. And then assaulted me and was trying to murder Enoch. That know. wasn't him. That was the dryad controlling him. And I don't know how you would have dealt with that situation, Isaac, but it's I, I cannot just unmind control someone. I guess you can't. Enif's like putting two and two together because, like, again, never knew who this person was. Yeah, I mean, Isaac, these are these are the hard choices that we we have had to make, kind of when we do things like this. We don't. We obviously don't want to kill anybody, but you could have at least told me I had I told Delilah I had no idea what happened to her dad and she's still hoping that he's gonna come home or that he's gonna be found somewhere and that she can see him again and that, that that's part of something I think we we definitely need to deal with I mean from the that's something from the agency perspective that we need to kind of dig into Honestly, I'm surprised the agency hasn't just mind-wiped her at this point and made her forget she ever had a father. Yeah, I guess they have more other, you know, bigger fish to fry, but it's it's something, I mean, we, we can definitely circle back to it, but we can't, I mean, the minute we tell her anything of what happened, it, it just won't end well. You don't have to tell her what happened, you could have... I don't know, maybe having false hope is better than knowing that he's not coming back, but... I'd also like to propose if, Isaac, if we had told you and you had told her that her father had been murdered, that there would be some kind of follow-up, certainly. Telling the truth would not have helped anyone in this situation, and I know that that is hard to, hard to accept, but, I mean, humans are, forgive me, but, you know, they, they are very emotional people. Even if looking at Cardinos like full, like blown, like tear tracks on their face. <laughs> he what just are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, fine then. Let's 
figure out how to make sure nobody else has to die. Oh, if people who are killed by monsters end up becoming monsters, then that is almost certainly something we'll have to figure out. Do we think that what? Hank became the wolf? What about what about the people that that we left in the back rooms? I feel like the the back rooms monster was something different almost. We defeated that monster, but we left three people in there to die. Well, we did. I, I, there's, I don't know, we, we need something to kind of help us figure out if this is really true, if the people that are dying. Obviously, we don't want people to die, but something is feeding this pet, of course. I just, I just, I, we need to figure out how this works. Think about it this way. The Dullahan is a, a spirit of death, right? It, it guides people to death and it guides their souls out of this world. It's possible that the Dullahan was guiding the souls of the people it killed into the forest. That's where we encountered it. And the Dryad was trying to draw people into the forest as well, but the Backroom's creature wasn't drawing people into the forest, it was drawing people into a separate dimension. There were the Maybe rifts they're... at the college that we, we ended up traveling through and found the creature there. That monster just feels like something completely different than the other ones we've dealt with. Like, it, it didn't behave in any ways really like the other ones did. Maybe they're connected? Maybe the back rooms and the pit are the same place or have the same energy? That's possible. Well, if we think about the, the pit, it was... It was physical, it was tangible, um, and there's some some kind of foul magic involved, of course, but the the backrooms, the rifts into that other dimension were, I don't know, they had a different kind of physicality to them, and there were people inside the, the that dimension, and I mean, who knows, those, those people who might still be in there now, because we found um, that boy, uh, was it Victor, I think? Who was living in that other dimension with the monster? Yeah. And that speedrunning kid. Yeah, Kato was there. I know this is crazy. Is it possible that the Backrooms monster was an alien? I've been watching these I've been watching this show called X Files, and <laughs> there's some really crazy stuff that it seems the United States government really doesn't want anyone to know about. Um maybe, but unless aliens come from within the forest that's located on Earth, maybe not in this case. Hmm. But good thought. <laughs> Karenuna starts doing an aliens uh, conspiracy board on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> starts laying pins and string together. Baron, you're never going to believe this. There's this place that's called Area 51. We have to go. And I've been looking at the mail. Just Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> okay so maybe the pit and the back rooms are not related maybe the people are or aren't related to the monsters that they're killed by or the next one that we encounter what about the cult and the pit you said that they were celebrating something some festival maybe it's Maybe they're controlling what's happening in the pit. The energy is being controlled by them to create monsters. Is that something that they could or would do? I don't know what they would do at this point. They're so different. They clearly made a golem. So it's 
I suppose possible. When I spoke to Yildon, she said that they had discovered where the magic in the forest came from, which I'm assuming is the pit. When I was still in the cult, they always told us to live as close to the forest as possible because that's where our magic is strongest. And then they started going down a dark path. It it, it may be that they discovered the pit and are tapping into its dark power. So it's possible. I really don't know what they're capable of at this point. It sounds like they're maybe just normal magic users who use the energy from the forest to, like you, do good things and do healing magic. And then as the pit's gotten stronger and they've gotten closer and closer to that dark source, maybe it is corrupting them after all. I'd like to believe that they didn't become... They didn't choose the dark path on their own, that that they were corrupted, but it could just be that they were evil from the beginning. Isaac just kind of pats Enif's shoulder a little. If we want to get to the bottom of where the monsters are coming from, it seems like either we need to further investigate the pit and what is causing monsters to come out of it, whether something has to go into it to be exchanged, or whether it just spawns things whenever it wants, or maybe we look further into the cult and see what kind of activity it is that they're doing that's related to the pit, and if it has any kind of impact on the monsters that we're seeing. Enif, like, uh, kind of remembers something and uh, reaches into their bag and pulls out the, like, little jar that they had put the remnants of Old Man Jack in, like the weird Mm -hmm. black sludge stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and holds it up and says, this this came off of Old Man Jack. And he, he was corrupted by the forest. And I just remembered that that ghost from the polymer labs didn't she have the same stuff on her face too? She did, and she was acting different when we were able to get the mask off. It it did seem like the the mask was corrupting her or making her want to hurt people, and when we got it off of her, she just wanted to leave or something. So maybe it's this pit goop that's doing the most harm. Wasn't wasn't she researching more about that? Yeah, she was doing research into ghosts, I believe, um, and the magic and kind of how they work and what happens in the afterlife. Uh, Kurnunis returns from the kitchen with a second beer. <laughs> <laughs> As you say that, you all suddenly hear a voice just go, Did somebody say afterlife? And you <sighs> all look over, and Erish Kegel is... is <laughs> Lounging on the windowsill. Arish Kiga, we are on the third floor of this apartment complex. Well, you're not the only one who can choose to appear where he may. The door, the window is closed. It's January. Can you just? I'm so sorry to tell you this, but your 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 neighbor, uh, Mr. Grunsberry, is uh, on death's door. So I just use that as a little 
will weigh in. Is that? I swear, I swear, I'm gonna put eight locks on every window. <laughs> Who is that? Who are you? Who is this? Hello, we've not been introduced. I did not uh, expect Ken to have company. Uh, he was always more the solitary type. I am Ersh Kegel, Queen of Akala. Is that like Europe or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's deity stuff. Ersh Kegel gives Baron a withering gaze and then just gives Kenneth a look and just goes. People really can't get off the Europe thing, can they? No, not really. Um, can I help you? You could potentially explain this, and uh, she holds up a sticky note with a little smiley face on it. Kernina snorts his beer and just goes, <laughs> It seems to be a, a adhesive piece of paper. She frowns ever so slightly, crumbles it up, and, and, and thro- like kind of tosses it to the side, uh, and goes, Well, that be as it may, uh... I just came to check on you. Uh, it seems you didn't do so great on your last mission, but I also hear that you've been making progress on the task that uh, Quetzal Cultivate assigned to you. Indeed. Look, come come inside. Stop sitting on the windowsill. You want a beer? <laughs> of course. Uh, no, thank you. I, I, I get enough libations from those around me. Mm. And uh, she, she walks on in and goes... I must say, Ken, Ken uh, Maliki and Artemis are having quite a quite a laugh behind your back. Uh, is this your your first failed hunt, I think? In some time. Oh, uh, again, uh, we haven't formally met. I I am Erish Kegel, as I said, Queen of Akala. For for those less studied, I suppose that's the the Babylonian underworld. At least those were those were the ones that most called to me. I I still handle some spirits here and there in the modern world, but, you know, people aren't too keen on Arcala these days, so you get the occasional less than noble sort who is happy to not be judged by weighing their heart against a feather. Turns out that most people don't like to eat dust. Oh, come on, if you have enough children, your afterlife won't be so dry, but we're getting away from myself. Who are each of you? I, I assume you're Isaac Baron and Enif, but only having chance investigation into you. I'm not sure which is which. You all don't have to answer that. This is Brian, Brian, and Brian. Ganunas, <laughs> let them decide whether they would like to introduce themselves. Isaac is kind of like looking back and forth between Baron and Enif and Irish Kegel. A little concerned. Baron, Baron's definitely just sitting there, just like kind of stroking his chin a little bit, like, huh. I just thought Kernunus was, like, just playing jokes in the fact that he knew other gods. He's <laughs> been pretending this whole time. Yeah, Enif's gonna be kind of, like, looking around, being, A, like, a little confused as to what's happening, and still, like, I mean, they literally are still kind of, like, partially in mourning, so they're just, like, uh... <laughs> um... Uh, I think, I think Enif, just because they're, like, again, not 100% there, would... Totally, yeah, they would answer that 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 they're Enif. Nice to meet you, Enif. So if the rest of you don't feel like introducing yourself, that's neither here nor there. I can get that information later. Ah, uh, I couldn't help but hear you talking about death and those lost to you and the spirits, and I, I figured I would I would not interrupt until a suitable moment. But uh, 
Well, now here I am. Uh, is there any way that I can help? I am here to aid in Kenunus's mission against the adversary, after all. By the way, we do have to talk about that later, Kenunus. Hmm. She says, sort of waving a dismissive hand at you. I'm assuming you're talking about the forest? I mean, we're not quite sure. That's what's so odd. There's quite a dark veil over the forest, as Kenunus can attest to. That's why we had to send someone down here on foot. Normally with things like this, there's just one big ancient evil that we can punch it to death, but this time not so much. I don't suppose any of these spirits of the lost souls of Munsdale have ended up in your care? Mm, the occasional one, yes. Um, as you know, the, the underworlds have sort of shifted their focus over the years as people have begun to... Uh, trust in other powers. Well, ever since but, uh, ever since the Ghost Union of 1850, yeah, things have been pretty wild. <laughs> but I, I do get the occasional one, but yes, uh, I get what you're leading at. None of the spirits of those who have been killed by monsters have made it our way. Well, except for the one you delivered to Hecate, of course. Oh, by the way, uh... Enif, uh, you said you were you were Enif, yes. Uh, Hecate does extend her condolences for you for your recent loss. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, I'm, I'm not very good with names. Have I met Hecate before? No, well, not directly. No, but uh, patron god of of witchcraft, so uh, she has a hand in what you do. Oh, um, tell tell her, thank you. Of course. Um, what was I saying? Yes, the, the, the spirit you gave to, to Hecate, I believe, is the only one to have made it back. And, well, and she kind of gives you a suspicious look in this and goes, she's starting to have doubts that you fulfilled that mission as faithfully as you could have. What? Cornunos, what spirit is she talking about? I had to deliver the spirit of someone who passed from one of the monsters. It was the boy, Victor, that we found in the back rooms. I thought he lived. Oh, no. He died at the hospital. Oh. Uh, Ereshkigal goes, uh, It's an interesting thing, um, these monsters. They're, they're not exactly the... I mean, they're, they're, they're similar to some of the monsters we've faced in uh, uh, many great quests, as it were, but... Uh, we see monsters similar to... Well, take Balnos here. She is of similar origin to us. She, she, is, she is made of, of similar divine stuff as we are. Uh, but the, the dryad that you, you faced in the forest was made of something else entirely. It's, it was a mockery of, of this, this creature here that you, that you, you uh, have aiding you in your, your quest. Same with the, the, the Dullahan, not quite the actual fae that we usually send down to call their spirits into the afterlife. It was why it was taking those who were not, it was not quite their time, and those spirits, they never made it here, made, made it over to our side. Well, then that, that must cinch it. So the monsters that we've been facing haven't been the actual creatures themselves? Well, it's hard to say because some some of them them are you know unique to this this darkness that forms them. Like there's not a divine werewolf out there, but uh, yeah, 
many of them are mockeries of things that were originally divinely created. There's no, you know, rogue divine god behind all this that you guys know? If there is, we don't know. Um, for the most part, there's few enough gods out there that uh, we can keep track of many of them. There's a number of minor ones to make it a little trickier, uh, but those ones would not have that kind of power. There's we we t we've al also tend to keep much low profile these days as with the advent of technology it's harder to uh keep our true existence more secretive uh humans may be weaker than us but they do outnumber us so we tend to try and keep ourselves secret uh you can ask just ask the poor sad that Nietzsche got his hands on was that a joke that went over our heads Oh, all of them have been going over my head. I got it. But but yes, I uh, I don't know what exactly is happening in this town, but whatever it is, I fear the deception involved. It's been going on for much longer than we thought, far far longer than Canunus has been here trying to help out. How long has the agency been around? Does anybody know? I I don't think Frank's ever mentioned it. I, I doubt that information has even been recorded. When Baron and I went to the city hall back when we were trying to fight the triad, no, the backrooms creature, um, it seems like city records have been scrubbed fairly regularly of information. I know it's easy to pin blame on the agency because we're not very trustworthy of them right now, but they had involvement in, you know, the magic research being done at Polymer Labs. Do you think maybe this is some kind of experiment from them? I don't know if it's an experiment, but it's... They, combined with the cult and both... I guess well, the dealings in the lab and the agency as a whole, they're the ones that really know kind of what's going on. So I feel like we, we need to dive deeper into these two entities and kind of figure out why they know so much and, and what their real motives are. I, I almost feel like both of them know. They think they know more than they do. You understand. They've been sending us to all of these places. Wherever we go, the agency's always had a hand in it. I feel like... I feel like there's someone out there pulling the strings. And... And we're just marionettes being pulled along. We do know that they know about the wards and they have, you know, that tent set up and they're monitoring it. I, I have no reason to believe that they don't know that the wards end there. I think they're not trying to learn more about the pit in order to, you know, stop it and to stop the monsters. I feel like they're monitoring it because it's an ongoing project. 
they had a project in the polymer labs. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that was their only project. I think we need to go there and really dig deep, find out if they've been involved in any more experiments, find those files that the, the ghost woman was talking about. Dr. Russell. Enoch just kind of nods like, yes, yeah. that's the name. The ghost woman, you know. The ghost woman. The one with the mask. I mean, I have kind of a personal interest in learning a little bit more about ghosts, too. Um, lately, Iris has been a little strange. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's wrong with her, but, I mean, I imagine being a ghost tied to Earth is probably not the, you know... The natural way of things um and i th- i think you know I, th- I think the thing at the river was probably her trauma um and i th- i think it might be best to try to learn more about ghosts and how they work and um what happens to them if they're no longer here As you say that, uh, Balanus suddenly uh, goes, "What? Where did Eris Giggle go?" My bonsai. <laughs> Kunis runs you into the, the other bonsai? room. <laughs> your your bonsai is fine, uh, but as you return back to the living room, uh, you look over and there is a sticky note with a smiley face on your fridge. Beneath the smiley face, it simply says, "We'll be in touch." <laughs>